your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 14. I'm very excited about this chapter, and I'm very disturbed about this chapter. It's a foreshadowing of the end times, of what's going to happen in the end times when so many people by the billions are going to die. And when we, we've covered part of chapter 14 already, but we stopped in verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may, one, rest from their labors, and two, and their works do follow them. Their gifts and abilities follow them. Their, their works do follow them. We're not going to be in heaven sitting on a cloud playing a harp. That wouldn't work for many of us anyway. There will be much music. There will be much singing. But we're going to have individual jobs to do. When we get to heaven right here at this point in our, in our time, when we get to this point here in time, the millennial reign of Christ has not happened yet. We will be taken up into heaven and we will really, really enjoy our time in heaven. However, that's not permanent because there is a thousand year reign on the earth of Jesus Christ with us, the born again saints, helping, working, doing whatever it is you do best. And uh, as, as a and again, I know I've shared this with you once or twice, but some haven't heard it. Uh, I graduated from high school and went to college for two years. And then Vietnam War started to draft me, and I joined the Navy, and I fooled them. I would have been in Vietnam for two years, and I fooled them all, so I joined the Navy for eight years. I don't recommend that for anybody either, and especially I understand how depressed s sailors can get okay, and from the work and all. I had a best friend commit suicide in the, in the Navy. But when I got out of the Navy, I was about 28 years old, and I went straight to Bible college, brand new in Bible college. And when you get there, you have to volunteer for a, what was it called, a community service type thing. Well, there was a bunch of them, but I was, I was at the time, I was going to have two jobs. So I, I took the midnight to two o'clock in the morning, setting up of 300 folding chairs. And I remember the first 10 or 15 minutes, this is crazy. I think I made a mistake. Didn't take me long though to realize. And when you have a job that has to be done that you have to do, I have a suggestion for you. Do it as unto 
the Lord. And all of a sudden, my, my frown turned upside down, and I was doing these things, and I had to do it for like three months, a whole quarter. And uh, every midnight, on Saturday night midnight, the, the gymnasium served for a double, double purpose. And so on Sunday morning, they had the youth ministry in the gymnasium. And from midnight to two in the morning, me and four other what we would call town students, we all were married with children, we would show up at midnight. Some of us would bring donuts. Some of us would bring pizza. And we made it a party. And I remember at a weak moment in my life, I said, you know, Lord, I would love to set up chairs in heaven for you. Later, I said, Lord, I hope you didn't hear that. <laughs> There's much more rewarding jobs in heaven or during the millennium, and I'm hoping he will, he will give us what we're best at. So, but that's, that's what we're saying here. Verse 13, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead. They are blessed. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. While they were on earth, they were in the Lord. They lived in the Lord. Their life pattern was in the Lord. And they served the Lord. Then the Lord took them home. When you see that, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, from now on. Yes, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. Now, some people have a really hard time, physical work, physical labor, and as many of you know, the dying process takes a lot of work. I want to assure you, if you've got loved ones in heaven, they are not sad or broken. They are, there are no tears they are ecstatically enjoy, in joyful times, loving where they're at and hoping to see you. Can't wait to see you as well. So having said that, when it says, Yea, says the Spirit, that they rest from their labors. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's about our work, our work. What do you do now, now, this time in life? What do you do for Jesus? What could you say about your life that you're sacrificing, that you're serving? What are you doing as unto the Lord? What are your gifts? What are your abilities? What are your strengths? These things will follow you. I want you to look at verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Now that's good and bad. The good works and the bad works. For the day, that day, this day we're talking about here in Revelation, shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed as by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What sort? 
what character, how, the good, the, ba the bad, those bad things. Wow. If any man's work abides, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. Now, again, some of you much, much more knowledgeable about this than I am. But when they say our works will be tried as by fire, it's as if they're putting these things in the, into the fires and the bad things will melt away. And only the good things will stay. And I, I guess that's how you smelt sil silver and gold. And you, you burn off all the bad things. Our works, listen, not necessarily in church, in the community. So many of you are leaders in the community and you actually represent Christ wherever you go, whatever you're doing. But whatever your work is, verse 14, if any man's work abide, it survives the fires which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now did you hear that? Born again Christians who have no works to take to heaven, but they're, they're born again Christians. It's not up to us to challenge or judge, uh, judge a Christ, uh, another person's salvation. But there are those that they have Christ in their heart, but they don't have any works. And that's up to Christ to judge. But there will be those in heaven that, that they make it to heaven. But they will have absolutely no fruit in heaven, no works in heaven. And they will be... I think they'll be embarrassed for eternity. We'll see how long that lasts. That's just me. If any man's work shall be burned, verse 15, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that you are, what's it say? The temple of God. Just put a steeple on your on your head, you are a temple with many rooms. And if you belong to Christ, you're his temple. Otherwise, so many people are their own God and they make their own moral decisions. But know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. I don't know how many, I don't know how many rooms there are. I never really counted them. In this building. I, I, I don't know. I, I could do it real quickly in my mind. And two or three times. Uh, we think when a mouse went by. Set off the alarm. <laughs> two or three in the morning. I almost called you Bill. To come down and help. But I come over here in my pajamas. And I leave the lights off. With a little bit of a flashlight. Because I want to catch them. But if it's a mouse, I can't catch him. But 
I go through every room. I believe Jesus Christ will go through every room in your life, in your heart. And the good things we've done will survive the fires. And the bad things we've done will be burned off. I believe we get rewards. I'm thinking of Psalms 84, 11, one of the ways we reward our children for the good things they do. Jesus is the same way. He will reward, he will reward uh, us as his children. If you want to see, parents, if you want to see a beautiful contrast, turn very quickly to Psalms 84, 11. Psalms 84, 11. I love this verse, and it's a verse that my wife and I use to raise our children. There's been a lot of good parents on the surface that raise good children and then lost the children to the world. I don't know what to say about it right now. I'm still dealing with it. I know, and probably you do too, so many way, wayfaring kids who were good when they were under your, your roof maybe, but then once they got away and had to be able to say no on their own without mom and dad watching them, so many make the wrong decision, and maybe they'll come back. That's what we have to hope for. But I want you to see, note verse 11, Psalms 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The shield to protect us from evil and temptation. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. And no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. A wonderful, a wonderful way to raise our children in a positive way. The contrary is Jeremiah 5.25. Because of your sin, I will keep the good things from you. That's a, the biblical verse for grounding. No, you can't do that. No, you can't have that. Because of your sin, I will keep the good things from you. So, and again, back in 1 Corinthians, verse 16, 316, don't you understand that you are the temple of God? It's not yours. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So live like Jesus owns you. Oh, I have so much to say, and it's... Verse 17, but if any man defiles the temple of God, uses his body to sin with, makes up their own rules about what they do with their body or not, what they put into their body or not, how they use their body or not, what's it say? If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. You are the temple of God. There are hundreds if not thousands of verses all through the Bible 
mentioning the coming judgment, our judgment. And uh, for born-again believers, there's a judgment called the Bema Seat. And right after it talks about that in 2 Corinthians 5.10, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. There, I promise, I promise with my lifeblood there is a judgment coming for us. We're going to love it or hate it. It's going to be fearful. It's going to be wonderful. There will be gifts and crowns handed out to you for the good things you have done. But there will also be scary things and quite possibly reveal to everyone what you've done. That's a scary thing. Now, having said that, I'm back in Revelation chapter 14. Verse 13 again. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead. I have a note right here in my Bible to remind you every time I come to this verse and these verses, better to die and to become that blessed, that blessed dead. Better to die, better to take the blade, better to take the bullet, better... Better to die than to take the mark of the beast or the lifestyle of the beast. Please remember that. If you happen to be here during this time period, please remember. There will be tribulational saints. There will be those who will get saved during the tribulation period. But, for them to actually live in, in, a, in an evil world society ran, run by the, the Antichrist himself with, a, with the mark of the beast on their head or forearm. To be able to work inside that is going to be so much difficult and harder than to receive Christ now and to live for him. No regrets. Do what you are least likely to regret. Verse 13 again in the middle. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, from their work. For how difficult it was to live. And even the, even the physical work of providing a, a providing a life for their families, that there will not be hard labor in heaven. There'll be no death, no dying, no cancer, no, no heart problems. I can't wait. Oh. My wife made me go to the doctor. I hate the internet, Bill. You don't get on it, do you? My wife does. Wednesday night, you're the most faithful people. Last Sunday night, I had a senior moment. Those of you that were here. I have a lot of them on Sunday nights. Sunday nights, I am so tired after Sunday, after preaching twice Sunday morning and occasionally a council session and 
than to watch the Steelers lose. That's very hard. But because I couldn't come up with a word, the staff, Aaron's staff, those of you that were here, a senior moment. And when I got home, my wife said, you've been having a lot of those lately. Okay? So she wanted me to go to my doctor. My doctor, my personal, what's the P? What, what? Anyway, my primary doctor. When I told him what was happening with me, especially on Sunday night and Monday morning, he said, you've just got brain fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jack. We can have brain fatigue. Yeah. It's also senior moments. But... <laughs> I ought to take the microphone down so we can all hear that. I have brain fatigue on Sunday night and Monday morning, but that wasn't enough for Miss Bonnie. So now she makes me go to my sugar doctor. My sugar doctor just took away every single food that tastes good, and now I'm eating cardboard for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because she thinks it's because I have sugar or I'm taking metformin or or something so I'm starting to hate life and I really can't wait to get to heaven <laughs> and that's the way we ought to be yes no matter how great heaven no no matter how great this world is there'll be no disappointments no losses no regrets whatsoever heaven is just going to be so awesome and if, if we go in the rapture, great. If we die before, great. It's better to die in the Lord than anything else. That's what these scriptures are saying. But it goes on, and it's going to say it's not good to die as the ungodly. Watch. Verse 14, And, and I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto a son of man, Jesus, having on his head a, a golden crown, Jesus Christ, and in his hand a sharp sickle. I had it in my mind to call Bob Snyder and ask him if he had a sickle in his garage to bring. You did, of course, to bring a sickle. And in that day, in that first century, this is exactly the symbology that the, the John the Apostle would understand because you go into a field and you take a whack and all the wheat falls over. Take a couple steps and you take a whack and you go to the end of the field and you come back. Terrible hard work. But when you look back, you see all this wheat, these wheat stalks all falling over. That's what's going to happen. And this next expression is for the, the tribulational saint. When, when they get, when, 
If they survive the Antichrist to this point, watch. And there's going to be millions of them, maybe. Sharp sickle, verse 15. Another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud. Thrust in your sickle and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth. And the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the altar which had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, thrust in the sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. The first sickle, that's when all of the tribulational saints go to heaven. They're, they're harvested. They go to heaven. The second sickle comes in and it kill, it's going to kill symbolically all the unsaved. Now we're also talking here about Armageddon. When all the armies of the world will fill up a valley called Megiddo Valley. It starts right at the northern edge of Jerusalem because Jerusalem's not in it. And it goes for I think it's 200 miles. I have to look down at my Bible to look, but it's about 200 miles that way, north. And it's going to, I was overlooking it when I was on my tour. And uh, I was on a high cliff, and I was just, it was amazing to look down, and you could see, you could see, I, I think you could see almost 100 miles. And my tour guide, Mickey was his name, he came up and he says, he says, you like what you see? And I said, yeah, it's beautiful. He said, someday the blood will run two feet deep in it. Watch. Thrust in the sharp sickle, gather the clusters of the vine. Those are the unsaved. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, that's Jerusalem, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse, horse's bridles. That would be 18 to 24 inches deep. And by the space of King James, 1,600 furlongs or 200 miles. Oh, my heart. This is really going to happen. Remember, John, the apostle, was taken up into heaven and shown this. What's going to happen in the future? Now, if we were to skip ahead just two, two chapters to 16, we would see the name of the place is called Armageddon. If we skipped ahead three more chapters, we would see the name of the battle is the Battle of Armageddon where millions and maybe billions die. We still have this time. We still have this time. Someday we will be in heaven. Someday. 
oh, don't, don't waste this time. No regrets. And if you get laughed at, if they get mad at you, etc., at least you'll have no regrets. It's on them. But remember, heaven is so wonderful. Jesus wants everybody there, and you will want everybody there as well. Lord, go with us, go with us into our, our lives, whatever is left of it. Help us, dear Lord, to raise our families. Help us, dear Lord, to teach others about you with no regrets. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.